I remember you saying this, some of the things that like writing a grant does not have to be like suffering. Like I thought it did. That's what we're told. Right? Like I had been indoctrinated to think it's like, this thing we are, that it's like yeah. this miserable process that you have to do it to get funded. And you know, every three cycles a year, like you're submitting things and writing things and it's like drudgery. So to see that like, oh no, when you are proposing to do the work that you are meant to do, that you are put on earth to do, Ooh. it is like a joy to think about it, to like write about it, to dream about it. Yes. And that's what we should be doing. Like we should be doing the work that brings us joy, right? Exactly. It was like a night and day thing, right? And it was just like, it just aligned in like such a way that I was like, oh, Kemi's not lying. <laughs> it felt totally different than any grant I had ever written before because it was like doing the things that make me excited and like lets me have the career that I feel like I'm put here to have. Hello, hello. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Okay, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I'm trying to learn something new or integrate something new in my life, I really need to see it written down. I need a framework to understand how to make it come alive for me and also so I can adapt it to make it work for me. And that's what I was thinking about when I started writing the KD Coach Foundation newsletters way back in 2019. I spent about 18 months writing these twice a month, thinking about all the ways in which I could communicate really clearly and honestly, briefly about some career shifting tactics strategies, and perspectives that can truly change people's experience of their career. Now, let's be honest, some of these were great, some of them were good, and some of them were just a really good try. But what I've done is compiled them into a digestible format of all of the great ones. I want to be able to keep this knowledge going. I got so many messages over and over again about how much the newsletters were changing people's approach to their productivity, the approach to managing their sanity and their energy during the week and their approach to thinking about how to translate the goals and the desires of their career into functional, actual actions in their day in and day out experience. If you're interested in any of that, I really encourage you to sign up for our newsletter, the Katie Coaching Foundations. It's free 99 and you can sign up at slash foundations. Once you sign up, you will get one of these top tier, best performing, most cited (laughs) newsletters from that period of time in your inbox every two weeks. I share these because I know, honestly, a lot of people are never going to sign up for Get That Grant. 
a lot of people are not going to be able to access the coaching we do because we're unapologetically focused on women of color faculty in academic medicine. But hey, I still want to help our entire field. I want to start a revolution. So if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely sign up at www.kemidole.com slash foundations to check out our career foundations series. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you all have joined us again for another week of your Unapologetic Career Podcast. I'm not alone this week, which honestly, it's becoming my favorite kind of shows not to be alone. So I'm happy to have another guest on the podcast this week. This time, well, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Okay. Tell us who you are. <laughs> I'm Deanna Wilson. So I am an internist and pediatrician. I'm trained in adolescent and young adult medicine and addiction medicine. So providing care to young people who use drugs, particularly young people who inject opioids, is my kind of clinical and research wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. But I provide addiction-related care across the life spectrum. I moved in January to the University of Pennsylvania uh, in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, where I am an assistant professor. And I do research focused on reducing substance use-related disparities and building health equity for historically marginalized and racially and ethnically minoritized populations who use drugs. And I have a K right now that's focused on engaging young adults admitted with complications from injection drug use during and after hospitalization with a focus on increasing linkage to care and reducing morbidity and mortality using mm -hmm. peers with lived experience and uh, have an R01 focused on harm reduction intervention to reduce overdose and skin and soft tissue infections among people who inject opiates. Incredible. I love it. Living <laughs> I the dream. To that all day. Yes. <laughs> Deanna, I could listen to you say it all day. Okay. Me, I could say it all day. <laughs> I mean, you can like hear, I'm looking at you, but like, I know this comes through on the audio. Like you can hear the pride and your voice and that, I think that's why I got chills because there's just so much ownership there, you know? Yeah, I love it. Okay. So I would like to take folks back because mm -hmm. actually okay. part of what you just described, right, was like where you are now, which is a couple years into when we first met and you first enrolled in coaching mm -hmm. and get that grant. So can you take us back to where were you in your career when you started to consider coaching? Like what was going on? And then specifically, like what was not working for you? So I had had just sort of, I think, recently gotten a K-23. So I started mm -hmm. my first faculty position with an internal K, transitioned to the external K. I was writing papers, some high impact publications. I got the grant. I think I was doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing as an early career researcher, like checking the boxes, yeah. but I was not doing my like deepest, most fulfilling work and feel the way I thought it would feel. And so, you know, I came in as a faculty member really wanting to do community partnered addiction research and ended up getting kind of like pushed in some slightly different directions, like related research, but it wasn't like the kind of research that I felt like most passionate about and kind of called to do. Yeah. Oh, wait, can I interrupt you? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Can you, mm -hmm. When you said it didn't feel like I thought it was going to feel after you got the K and you're making the high impact publications, yeah. what did you think it was going to feel like compared to what it did? I felt like I was kind of burning the needle at both ends mm -hmm. because I think I was doing work that was not like where my passion 
was really centered. I was doing that work too, but as like extra, like in my, yes. my like off hours, I was volunteering with the community-based organizations. I took on extra clinical work so I could have a connection to like my like target patient population. I was like kind of fulfilling the things that I needed, but through all this extra work and my research itself wasn't the purpose-driven work at that time. Yes, I got and you. And so I thought what yeah. I needed, like, honestly, I thought what I was looking for was like tools to be more efficient and how to create boundaries. And because I, I felt like there was this really deep mismatch between how I spent my time and the kind of work I was doing and then like what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. And I was not sure. And then I think there is just like being in an environment, which I think it made me wonder, like, is academics set up for me? Like, maybe academics is not where I should be or, or is not necessarily a space where I should be doing. It's not where I can do the kind of work that I want to do. Okay, this is incredible because I think we just have to take a moment because I just, like, want to breathe around this for a second. So you are coming in. You are incredible. You are very, very high achieving. You are publishing. You got the internal K. Mm -hmm. You then translated that into the external K. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you are like checking, like really checking all of the boxes. Yes. Okay. You are moving forward and it's actually like you're doing work that is just slightly, maybe somebody else would say it's just slightly to the side, but it's still to the side of what you really want to do. Right. And then you're so committed to the thing that you care about most that you're You've taken on a clinical role in order to fill that gap. You do volunteer work in the community in order to fill that gap. And somebody that is that successful, checking all the boxes is going, maybe academics isn't for me. Yeah. And I just think that that's just really powerful to consider because I think it speaks to how important it is, especially for people who are super high achieving, to have the overlap be right. It doesn't work that it's just, oh, it's kind of, it's sort of, it doesn't work because there's a part of you that just understands that like, this is not what I want to be doing. And that is enough to leave, yeah. which is shocking when you consider how many other things you had lined up. I'm sorry. I just wanted to like emphasize that because it's really powerful. Well, and I think it's like, those are the thoughts that you have at like 3 a.m. where you think like, it yes. just does not feel right. Like, Am I going to be able to transform the care that we provide to people who use drugs from within the system? Like the work I'm doing right now doesn't seem like it's going to be the thing that pushes us to transform it, right? Maybe I need to do it outside of it. Maybe I need to think of like other ways in which I can get the outcomes that like I am like hoping to see that I think we need to see. And I think it's because I like in some ways, I think academics trains you, especially early on like people sort of guide you to bite off like the small questions and the small pieces, yes. right? It's like the doable piece. And I think those things are important from a strategy perspective, but I think if it doesn't all align, then it's hard to feel like your work is going to have the meaning or impact that you need it to. Exactly. And I think for me, like I came into this because I wanted to see that transformation and I felt like my work wasn't going to be the thing that got us there. And I could recognize the meetings that you have with your like division chief and other things. It's like, okay, you're doing all the pieces that people expect of you, right? You're having, mm -hmm. you're meeting the career milestones that people want to see, but if it's not 
aligned with your like deep purpose, it sort of, I think, makes you question like whether or not you're meant to be there. Totally. And I thought, again, like, I don't know that I totally got that that was the problem at that moment. Yes, we're getting there. So Deanna, you came in and you were like, I need some boundary tips. Mm -hmm. I need a schedule, like energy. Yes. Yes. Give me my schedule and show me like these tips and tools because I'm working too much at night. Mm -hmm. I'm working too much on the weekends. And it was like very like kind of task oriented. So why don't you let us know then that's where you were. What do you remember really shifted for you in a big way when you came in to get that grant? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, like the curriculum was amazing, but like, having space to reflect on the curriculum on those like Saturday calls was like where it came together for me. And I remember it just aligned. Like I had a very difficult interaction with a mentor on a Friday before Saturday call. And I was just trying to like process it. And like through that, you know, I had been feeling kind of this like rumbling of like some frustration at that point. I, you know, I had gone through the process. I was like, this is my purpose mantra. This is the work that I'm called to do. Now I need to like, align my activities with this. And I think I was like feeling like some tension there, right? I was creating boundaries where I had had none. Yeah. It's it's early on. We force everybody to do this at the top. Right. It's like 1.3, right? Or something like that. Yeah. It's like one of the early lessons. Okay. So you're like, okay, I'm here, but I'm feeling a lot of tension around this alignment activity. I'm feeling tension and then other interpersonal dynamics that were challenging. Yes. And I remember like getting on the call and I think honestly, like where I had ended on that Friday was like, this is the sign, like I'm not cut out for academics. Like this is like not for me. And I remember getting on that call and explaining like what had happened and like one getting so much like loving, deep support from these like brilliant, amazing other women. And then realize like person after person was like, I've been there. This happened to me. And it made me realize this was like not a me problem. This was an academics problem. This was an institutional problem. Exactly. That this is a problem when there are like not safe spaces for us. Right. And it was like really deeply affirming because like, I think that was like my deep worries. Like, here's my purpose driven mantra, but like, what if I'm, I can't do it? Like, what if I'm not meant to do it? Like academics make me doubt myself. Right. And I think what I got on the call was like, it is not me, that it is the institution. Right. It's like the system that we are like navigating in. And it really helped me get like really great clarity to the point where I was like, if I can't do this sort of purpose driven work here, then I will find someplace else to do it. And that was really like a freeing thing. And I think even then talking to other folks and sort of, you know, the job market, it was really helpful to be able to very clearly articulate the kind of space I needed, the kind of support that I wanted, and like the sort of kind of researcher that I am and that I will be. And it was like, you know, they could take that or leave it, but I wasn't changing. And I think I felt like emboldened, empowered through that process. And then I, you know, there was another moment where I remember we, it was like the grant writing section and you had us like write a page about like, what did we want? Like what kind of research were you looking for? And an RFA came out literally days later for an R01 that I had never written before. And it was due in like six weeks. And I remember thinking like, this so perfectly aligns with what I'm saying I wanna do. Here's a funding opportunity to do what I said I wanted to do. And I like had that moment where I was like, is it too premature? Like, should I do it? And I was like, 
you know, decision doctrine, I'm deciding I'm going to do it. Yes. And it was like the most amazing grant writing process because it was like, when you write from your heart, it like writes itself, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was because you're not trying to put yourself in a box. I was like, this is my dream. And like, I just wrote my dream on the page and it got funded. And I was like, I can't believe it. But it was like this, I mean, just like this, like really transformative process to be like, this is the kind of work I'm hoping to do. And like feeling like I put on the page what I wanted to do. And then I think it was like affirmed by other people and it got funded, but it was like, what was powerful about that process was that it was not me sort of making smaller or like diminishing what I wanted exactly. to do. Exactly. Playing smaller. Yes. yes it was exactly. like, this is the dream, right? And like, I want someone to fund this dream and then having funding now to do that. And so I think it was like all of those things where it was really like, no, like you can do the work that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You are both capable and like able to do it. And what you need is to figure out how to transform and push the academic environment where you are to like give you space to do it. And I feel that I have sort of additional insight in like what I need to be successful now that I like did not have kind of before doing this process. You have said so much. So it is going to be impossible for me to pull out every gem that you just said. So I'm going to instruct everybody who is listening. You need to go back. You need to go back and listen to that again. Because in my head, I was like trying to track and I could not keep up. I will say two things. There are two things that I want to pull out. One is that you said how you were really describing in a beautiful, I think very real, like tangible way, like what you experience coming to that call, like coming to that call after the 3 a.m. musings, like I'm just not cut out for this. And what literally happens to you as like you see person after person after person, amazing, Mm -hmm. also other high achieving people like, oh yeah, that was me six months ago. Oh yeah, that happened to me. It's like, there is nothing that can replace. It's like the curtain falls Mm -hmm. away and you're like, oh, it really is not me. And I think this is what I want to just like add to this. It's kind of like discovering that the water we're swimming in is pink, right? (laughs) That it's like, you think it's clear because it's all you've ever known. And the other problem I think is when you're a high achiever, the other thing is like, everybody's like, yeah, the water's clear. It's really easy in here. And the people who don't do well are the people who just like, can't figure out how to coordinate their fins, you know? And it's like, if they could just figure that out, then they'd be fine. And so you're sitting there going, well, I know how to coordinate my fins. So I guess I'm fine. But then something happens you're like, wait, no, this is not working. Like my fins are working, but still this water does not work clear. (laughs) Like there's still something off. And so you think it's you because you've already been like indoctrinated into this idea that like, this is what bad looks like. This is what like the people who can't hack it, they're over here, but you're so confused because you're like, well, I can do it, but I can't, Right. right? Like I can do it, but there's still something off. And that to me is what happens when we put ourselves together in a room Mm -hmm. is that like, this is the first time where you can see, oh no, this water is not clear. (laughs) This is not me. This is not my fence. It's not my eyes. There's nothing wrong with my perception. Like this is effing pink water. And so now that I understand that I'm going to navigate differently. So that was one thing I wanted to pull out because I think it was, y'all need to go back and listen to what she said. Here's the second thing is how you described that grant writing process I mean, like, I'm going to go back and listen to that (laughs) because what you're talking about is the difference between enjoying the work, 
Yes. And I, by enjoying, I don't just mean doing the research, like enjoying the grant writing, like enjoying the work it takes to do it versus suffering through it and hoping and praying that you're good enough. And I'm just sitting here like, these are supposed to be multiple decade long careers, right? We're supposed to be in this game, 20, 30, 40 years. The difference between suffering through that and enjoying that process to me is huge. Like, yes, it matters that you get funded, but can we talk about how much it matters? Like the Mm -hmm. process you're going through, because if you hated it, but you got funded, your enjoyment would have lasted what? 36 hours. (laughs) But instead, because it was like a really heart fulfilling process, the whole thing then becomes like, no, this is exactly what I want to do. This is satisfying to me. And I think it's a great example of one of the things I talk about, which is like having a career that nourishes you, like having a career that is satisfying that like even the hard stuff, even the annoying stuff is still pouring back into you as opposed to just, I'm drained every day. Like somebody please rescue me. And I, I remember you saying this, some of the things that like writing a grant does not have to be like suffering. It's like the work that like, I think I thought it did. That's what we're told. Like I had been indoctrinated to think it's like this thing we are, that it's like yeah. this miserable process that you have to do it to get funded. Yep. And you know, every three cycles a year, like you're submitting things and writing things and it's like drudgery. So to see that like, oh no, when you are proposing to do the work that you are meant to do, that you are put on earth to do, Ooh. it is like a joy to think about it, to like write about it, to dream about it. Yes, And that's what we should be doing. Like we should be doing the work that brings us joy, right? Exactly. It was like a night and day thing, right? And it was just like, it just aligned in like such a way that I was like, oh, Kemi's not lying. (laughs) It felt totally different than any grant I had ever written before because it was like, what kind of work would make me excited and passionate and proud to do? Yeah. And like, that's what I wrote. And then, I mean, it does matter that it gets funded, but like, the worth of what I proposed was not based on like what a group of researchers thought about it. Right. Amen. And I was like, it'll get funded today or it'll get funded in a year or, or tomorrow. Exactly. Because I believe in it. Right. And I'm committed to it. And I think that's the difference, right? My worth in academics, like this is not based on what anyone else says, right? Like by whatever metrics I meet, it's really based on doing the things that like make me excited and like lets me have the career that I feel like I'm put here to have. Yes, I'm going to underline that. Yes, it's not that funding doesn't matter. Obviously, it does matter. But you want every effort to actually be meaningful. Right. Like it can't be, I suffered through this. I hate it. I'm never picking it back up again. Or if I have to pick it back up again, it literally makes me want to like tear my eyeballs out. It's like that feeling where you're like, you know what? This might not make it, but it's definitely <laughs> going to. Like if it's not this time, it's next time because I'm ready to keep going. Right. Like, I mean, I just submitted it to you because the deadline came, but like we can keep talking like Mm -hmm. that feeling like, yes, let's go back to it is very different. And I actually think that's the recipe for funding success. It's when you feel that way, then you have exactly what you need to persist through what can be a painful process in terms of the resubmission and all of that. When you have that, when you don't have that, you're out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Or you will like make really bad decisions just trying to like mitigate the pain and then end up with a grant you don't like because that's what you had to do to get funded. Anyway, I feel like you've already given us so many things that you have now <laughs> that you didn't have mm-hmm. before you embarked on coaching. But is there anything else you want to add before we move on? I mean, I really think the like most 
like the core thing that I use really every day is still like leaning back into the purpose mantra that you had us do as part of first everybody thing, right? says like, that it's so amazing because yeah. I think it is the filter by which I like you know it's hard for me to say no it's still hard for me to say no but it's so helpful to be like you know how does this align and to my person yep it feels different right to I think filter request through the way in which it will allow you to move or detract from like fulfilling your purpose mantra. And so I think for me, that's been like such a core thing. Absolutely. And I've been reflecting on this too. And I'm like, I think it's part of the reason why I see answers because it is so present. Like you're literally doing all the time every day and it is a huge shift. And I think it's when you make the shift is when you start realizing like, what in the world was I using to make decisions before? No idea. Right. Because yeah. you just have this moment where you're like, no wonder things were chaos. There was no consistency right. with how I was trying to make my decisions. That's like underneath, I think, what you all are saying. In addition to it's like, yes, it's the purpose mantra. And I think part of it is like, because I'm like a different decision maker. And when you're a different decision maker, everything changes. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I just like, I'm just sorry. I can't, <laughs> I'm sitting here reflecting too how you started, like yeah. with what you study and stuff and like how easy it would be for somebody to be like, oh, that's so niche or there's no funding in that area. I'm just like having that moment where I'm like just celebrating internally, but let me yeah. get back to my job. So you're going to inspire yeah. a lot of people here. I really do because I think to me, it's like you represent somebody who was like, yes, I know you came in for like boundaries and like time management tips, but what you did is like, I always felt like Deanna is fighting for her experience. You were like, I refuse to let this be the answer of like what this career is going to be like for me. Like, I don't care. I'm checking boxes. Yes. I know I deserve better. I remember you said at one point we were talking, you said something like, I just deserve better than this. Like, I'm not going to live like this. And I was like, yes, yes. Like, that's the fire. So I know you're going to inspire a lot of people. So what advice would you have for a woman of color faculty like you coming into our program she is like, yeah, I want to have the same experience. Like, I want to get the most out of this. What would you tell her? Do the work. <laughs> do the modules. <laughs> I mean, I think honestly, like doing the modules and then trying to figure out how to reconcile them in your day-to-day -day life and then bringing that to the calls was like just so helpful to me. Yes. And I think approaching, like being vulnerable, I think it is like such an incredible supportive community. I feel like there's no way I would be where I am right now without like the support of the community to like help me get here. And so I think it's figuring mm -hmm. out like, you know, actually going through the modules, doing the homework, like the assignments associated with them, bringing questions to the group and really figuring out like, I mean, this experience I think was like absolutely transformative for me. And it was because yeah, I think I came on the calls like ready to like share and get help and help other right like to participate fully a hundred percent and that means like doing the modules coming to the meetings and being really vulnerable and open to the other people who were there. That's it. I just couldn't co-sign it more honestly. Like it's a very co-creative process, and it's that way because we have to design something that works for you and. 
in order for you to have the transformation, like you have to do the work. Right. I think I was, it was Michelle. I was interviewing who was like, you know, I feel like I paid all this money. Yeah. I was like ready for you to come in and clean the house. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Like you really have to be invested. Like you have to be ready. But the beauty is that when you're in a room full right. of people like that, it's like you said, it's just unreal. And it's inspiring for me too. I get inspired all the time. Just listening to y'all. I'm like, yes, we have so much more potential mm -hmm. to impact our world because like somebody like you is like a 100% incredible academic, right? Like on no planet, should you be like, maybe this is like, I'm not cut out for this. It's just very fulfilling to me to like help in these slight shifts. I know they're mm -hmm. monumental inside, right? right? On the outside, they probably look slight, but on the inside, they're monumental for everybody to like get into that resonance with how you really want to be doing this career. And then, you know, you just take off. It's beautiful. Deanna, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Is there anything else you want to share? I think so. Thank you so much, Kim. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And um, yeah, I'll see you soon. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, take care. Hey there. To be honest, this is uncomfortable for me. But here's the thing. I am getting used to leaning into discomfort. So here is my request for you. I am unapologetically asking you for something. If you listen to this podcast episode and it resonated for you and it was helpful for you, can you double check and see if you follow our podcast on your platform? Make sure that you follow us or subscribe so that you never miss an episode and you don't have to worry about hearing <laughs> hearing from somebody else that an episode was good because it will just automatically download to your device. Here's another thing that would be amazing. If you haven't yet, I would really appreciate if you go on your podcast platform to rate our podcast and to post a review if you love it. It does actually make a difference to people being able to find this podcast who similarly would appreciate the content. And basically, I would appreciate it a lot. So thanks for listening. I do this because I want us all to be in community with an elevated level of conversation. And I hope that you follow us, you like our episodes, and you consider leaving a rating and review if you haven't yet. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye.